and welcome to JK It's Magic, a bi-weekly podcast in which two bookish besties read mostly YA fantasy through the lens of intersectional feminist criticism. Why? Because critique is our fangirl love language, and because talking about books is pretty magical. I'm Jesse, And I'm Kelly. And this is a bonus episode. Yay. <laughs> Yay. We are going to record about the Umbrella Academy, because we just both finished watching season two which came out in August of 2020. Oh, was it in August? Wow, yeah, the and time it is has flown. Currently by. September. September 5th. We're recording on September 5th. <laughs> All right. Let's All right. talk about Umbrella Academy. Did you watch season 1 and 2 back to back? I had watched This will not surprise anyone who has listened to <laughs> us talk about how we um consume media so I last year when Umbrella Academy came out I watched like the first three episodes and then stopped and then came back to it when I had like recently a few months ago and then did watch seasons one and two back to back so yes okay I kind of wish I had watched them back to back or like maybe rewatch season one before I rewatch season two because I do think there are like some plot points that I had kind of forgotten about like throughout such that as would have been like helpful um I don't know like I couldn't remember like if in the future like if the five from the that you know five who goes into the future and then like works for the whatever they're called <laughs> the commission the commission I watched this like <laughs> weeks ago I've watched so much stuff between now and then <laughs> um <laughs> But when five works for the commission, like I kept thinking like that plot line where Diego's like, I got to like, um, like stop what's his face from killing JFK, um, Lee Harvey Oswald. In my mm-hmm. head, I kept thinking like, didn't five do that? And I couldn't remember. And they like, didn't go back to telling us that. So I couldn't like remember if five had killed JFK or if it really was Lee Harvey Oswald. So like some of those things like just weren't like fresh in my memory. Yeah. I mean, I did watch them back to back and I'm not totally clear what happened on all of that stuff. So I actually think that like maybe five refuses to kill JFK and that's when he like goes back to 2019. Mm-hmm. That's what so happens. He didn't. That rings a bell. Yeah. But I, in my head, I was like, when is five going to tell him like when is five going to tell Diego that it was really five that killed JFK? But I guess it wasn't because he like goes back in time. So my initial reaction of the series we can start there I guess yeah initial reactions (laughs) love 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 the costumes the character backstories the production value um I I don't know whether to put this at the top or we could talk about it later but my partner and I were talking about how I mentioned to them that it seemed like (laughs) the whole series was basically like a a really big uncovering of a lot of traumatic father issues Mm, yes yes in a lot of different ways and I was like oh yeah well now that I've reached that level of understanding I think that I can relate even more yeah I guess for me there was no way there was like never the possibility that I wasn't gonna watch this show so this comic book I think came out in 2007 I think um, because funny enough, my now husband, then boyfriend bought me like every single like um, issue after the first issue of Umbrella Academy. But it's like written by Gerard Way, who is the lead singer of my favorite band, My Chemical Romance. And I was like, 
I know. Love, love. And I was just like so happy that like the show was good. And like, I'm not a big comic book person, but I love comic book other stuff like comic book movies yeah you stuff. like the ad- the visual adaptations film yeah, and tv for sure. yeah um so i loved this series it is great um all the all the um kiddos are like the all everyone from the umbrella academy like they're born in october which is like when i'm born on october of 1989 which is like super fun because like they're all similar in age to me then and like five reminds me so much of Frank Iero. Like if you go back and watch like footage from like My Chemical Romance, like when they were like a band and like, you know, in their twenties or whatever, like if you just like replaced five with Frank Iero, I like almost wouldn't notice the difference because they just like seem like the same person almost. <laughs> and even the like schoolboy aesthetic too, like MCR yeah. played around with that in some of their stuff. And yeah. the I'm not okay video, like, mm-hmm. I just love it. Like it's and the music for the show, it just Oh, like goes the really soundtrack well. is so good. We've been listening mm-hmm. to the Spotify playlists. Oh, really? Yeah, they're good. I haven't listened to the playlist. Uh, some of the music's like kind of old, but it just like fits in with the show really well and I really enjoy that. I just love a well-curated soundtrack/playlist and this definitely had that. Yeah, another show that has a really good like playlist to go along like the music just really informs the show or the show informs the music maybe um is insecure like mm-hmm. I, I love Issa Rae so much but like the music they choose for insecure is just like always perfect just spot on agree I'm part way through season three I think and there's four seasons yeah season four like ended on a cliffhanger dropping bombs like I'm just like I don't know what's going to happen with Insecure. Like, it got wild at the end there. We're not talking about Insecure, though. So (laughs) (laughs) we're talking about Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy. Who is your favorite character? Mm, Let me think for a minute. I can tell you, can I go by process of elimination in the moment? Because let's I order can, your I can tell you yeah, who aren't my favorite characters yeah let's go in who who are your characters from least to best favorites so five is not my favorite character <gasps> oh my god <laughs> we're gonna yeah. break up <laughs> are we are we is this oh that moment <sighs> I was just really struck by every single comment he makes is an ableist comment to every single person in his family, to other people he interacts with, all just like those are the only ones that he has to draw upon. And I was just kind of tired about it, tired of it, you know? And it was one of those things like once I noticed it, I couldn't stop noticing it. Yeah, sure. Um, but he's, I thought it was really well acted by that. Oh my gosh. By that person. So good. Especially because he's like pretending to be a 65 year old man or something, but in yeah. a. 12 year old body 13 how old i think yeah i think 13 yeah so yeah aiden gallagher so good in the show like they could not have picked a better person to play five um diego i thought was more annoying diego and luther i was not as into in season one i think they redeemed themselves in season two okay um especially yeah both of them i don't know i think they gained some depth and I like Allison. I think Vanya's my favorite. Let's be honest. Wow. Okay. Oh, oh and, Klaus? I li- and Klaus, 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 Klaus. Okay. 
Wow. Klaus um, and Vanya. I like them both. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> what about you? Oh, and I Ben. Would, oh, my God. Oh, I yeah. I do ben. love Ben. Um, and I was, like, really excited to see, like, we're going to see, like, a new timeline of Ben almost, like, with the... Um, from the comic books it's called the sparrow academy and i don't think they revealed that in the show but um people yeah, have they been did. talking about it okay they, they did. did call it the they sparrow said academy. like no this is the sparrow academy instead of the okay. umbrella academy and that was like the cliffhanger that the season ended on yeah okay from least to best um for me it goes luther vanya diego ben Allison Klaus five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would like to talk about Robert Sheehan. Yes, I would I like to talk about him forever. Funny enough, he's in that Mortal Instruments movie, like the first, like they only did the one with Jamie Campbell Bauer and like Lily Collins. Um, and he's in that movie. Is and I he? didn't really he plays um her best friend. His name is escaping me now. Um oh. Simon. Yeah. Um and I didn't really like him that much in that movie, but I. But love you also him. don't like that character in the book. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, but he does a good job. Um, in Umbrella Academy, he's so good. Oh, he's <laughs> so good. Just like, and then when he comes out in his outfit at the end, his like fighting mm-hmm. outfit. Oh, uh, well, they all look so good in all of their fighting outfits at the very end in the final battle scene. So good. Yeah, yeah, they do. That was cool, and I'm like very interested to see about this story with um. What's Diego's like love interest's name? Ah, fuck. Um, yeah, I'll just look it up real just fast. Look at, use the computer. I'll use my phone because it's not as loud. Clicky noises. Clickety clickety. <laughs> I'll make the. Can I make the clickety sounds? Clickety click yeah. click click clickety. Yeah. Oh, this is usually off off mic, off recording for the people. Yeah, I know. Jesse loves a loud keyboard, so that's why my keyboard is so loud. I have to like apologize in meetings and stuff. Can you can you (laughs) can you give us a sample? Yes. Here, I'll just look it up on my computer, which is way faster than my phone. Um. (laughs) I just love a loud keyboard. It's very satisfying to click. Yeah. Um. I. What is it called? It's called a mechanical keyboard and it's great so great um let's see oh and i guess we forgot to mention like mary j blige is in the first season which oh, is really yeah that cool. was awesome i loved um, cha-cha and hazel in the first season yeah yeah and i don't know if you know obviously i've done a lot of reading after the fact but um mary j blige like really requested to do like all of her own stunts which is like <laughs> so badass and so cool she is amazing um okay so diego's love interest is lila Thank and you. i really liked her like she that. was one of my favorite characters she was a good character to add and i'm like very interested but i also really like how um the show like kind of plays around with that like sibling like they're adopted so they're not they're not siblings in like a biological sense um and in season one we see like luther and allison kind of like have feelings for each other which Mm -hmm. is like complicated um and like everyone's like kind of weirded out by it but then diego likes lila and they didn't grow up together so i think we're kind of seeing them showing like a difference between like what it means to grow up together as a family and like people who are like technically born on the same day as you who have no relation like there's a differentiation there right 
Yeah. Um, I just found that really very interesting because it, it was a topic of conversation a lot on the interwebs about Allison and <laughs> Luther <laughs> <laughs> and what is allowable <laughs> in that situation. I see, I see. Do we, um, what do we talk about now? We talk about, I mean, in the, I'm going through the show in my head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about world building. Sure. Um, this, the world is like kind of odd in that I'm not sure they exactly have like, obviously when they go back to the sixties, they have like no technology. It seems like straight up the sixties. Like yeah. Al- Allison is working with civil rights group trying to like, which um, I loved that part. And it's kind of funny because like, I don't, I didn't expect it. It was like very, like it's always prescient, but because of like the Black Lives Matter movement that we see happening now and like (laughs) more white people becoming aware, I wasn't Mm -hmm. expecting that of the show. Um, So it was just like very timely. Um, Definitely. And um, Yusuf Gatewood, who plays her husband, Raymond. I love him so much. Um, (laughs) He was in... He was in the originals, the TV show, like spinoff from the Vampire Diaries. And he Mm. plays um, a witch in that show. And I he's just like such a good actor. Like he should be in more stuff. I don't know why he's not. Mm. That sounds I've heard of both of those shows and have not watched either. I would recommend like maybe the first four seasons of Vampire Diaries and then all of the originals is good. He also plays Famine in um, mm. good omens yeah okay yeah. that's what i know him from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so set in the 60s but like they have traveled back from 19 from 2019 right i was a little bit uh, there's a lot of like chronological aspects of the world building that and like time it gets into time paradox stuff that mm-hmm. is pretty complicated and also confusing to me and I'm just like, I'm perverted just to spend the disbelief. And I'm like, okay, even if you cancel each other, like whatever, I don't really care about debating the minutia of whether or not it's possible because it's like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think that they're like, we're also in the mystery. Like five doesn't really even know how his own power works. So right. I didn't think that that was like out of place at all. Yeah. Well, and it's like kind of weird because I think now, like in my mind, the way that time travel works is the way it works in like Avengers end game um as opposed to like how we normally see how like you going back in time can affect the future i don't really i feel like weird about that i i prefer the different timelines because it's just like easier to keep track of like what's happening but i understand that this is like definitely a more normal version of time travel um as far as world building goes i thought that it worked really well to in season two go and see like follow each character and what happened Mm -hmm. to them in that timeline. I really liked how that was set up structure wise. And I thought that it, it helped expand the 1963 timeline or whatever. Yeah. I really liked um, seeing how Klaus became a cult leader by like using like snippets (laughs) of songs from like the, you know, from growing up in the nineties, like don't go chasing waterfalls. And I'm just like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just really funny. Cause I think like we kind of see that in that time, like the 1960s it was a time of like free love or whatever the hippie stuff is. So mm-hmm. um, I just thought that was like really funny to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And like Luther becoming like a crime, like the bodyguard of like a crime boss, like hilarious. 
Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't see that coming. And I thought it was clever how they connected them all, you know, like in mm-hmm. a conspiracy theory-ish way. Yeah. Right, to the, like, I mean, it makes sense they would all be circling around like an important event. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked that part of it too. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting to see all like the things with the dad. Um, <laughs> and it's, and it's funny cause I like talked about this a bunch with, um, my husband, but also my friend Tara. And, um, I'm pretty sure that the reason that we like, I think the problem is that they have gone back in time and met their dad and their dad was like, I don't like any of these people. Like, I'm not going to get those specific babies now. Um, and the reason we see Ben, I think is because like, Ben was in his ghost form so he never saw that Ben was part of that group of um of seven. Oh, so, yeah, you're probably right. So I'm like very interested to see how Ben has changed but also like who these new Sparrow Academy members are and like how they function in this world. Um I'm very excited to see that. Yeah, and what their powers are. I can't wait. Yes. That's kind powers. of a good segue to talking about magic, quote unquote, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Yeah. There's a lot of magic in this world. They, I, so I think they were, I think we know that there are like maybe 30 children who are born on this specific day in October of 1989 and they all have magical powers. And um, Reginald Hargreaves goes and like adopts seven babies from these mothers who had babies all at the same time. And like he trains them to be, to like fight villains. And I, not 100% sure about he's like obviously like some kind of like alien or something yes like he, because that was the big reveal at the end right yeah like he's a magical being in and of himself and I think actually at the end of season one we actually see him in the past but it's like well into the past like not 1960s but maybe like 1800s or early 1900s oh really um, I'm not remembering that part yeah it was like I think that was the set like our first hint that he himself has some kind of um, magical science fiction-y abilities. Gotcha. And then I, I thought that Allison's power was really cool and has all sorts of consent issues, which oh is my like, gosh, yeah. you know, how she got into her whole situation that she was in. Because like her daughter was taken away from her because she like rumored her daughter, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah, it is. But I'm sure most parents would do it if they could. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that like a, that quote unquote abuse of power. I wasn't as interested in how they portrayed that. Like why mm-hmm. she had to like abstain quote unquote from using her power because then she like gets too into abusing it. I don't know. That didn't really land for me. But especially like that scene with the um, the person in the diner. And mm-hmm. it's like, stop trying to make me feel bad for this racist white guy because I do not. Well, I think part of that is that we see that like the group of people she's working for with the civil rights are like the um, taking like a very nonviolent approach. And maybe that is not the best approach for Allison. Like that is not the approach that everyone's going to take. And maybe I kind of wish we would have seen like a juxtaposition with that and like maybe the black panthers um, yes or, you know like a different group of people who obviously didn't use those same tactics yeah um, i would have appreciated that i think thank you for that nuance i really appreciate it yeah for sure always here for the nuance <laughs> <laughs> isn't that why we're here <laughs> i think so 
I thought Five's powers were so cool at that, like that scene in that battle scene where he learns to just use his power by, you know, seconds rather than like trying to jump back or forward in the future or the past. I thought that that was like the effects for all of the different people's powers were really cool. Yeah. And I think that power is also cool because, um, or like that scene is really cool because when I was talking to people about the show afterwards, like thinking about how like if he's doing it by seconds and making these small little changes, like that probably for five actually was a lot of time <laughs> mm-hmm. because he's like jumping back, probably doing different things. So um, it was a really cool scene and I really liked seeing that. But I think I actually am like most interested in Lila's power because she seems mm. to be able to like absorb the power of the people around her and then like use that against them. Like that was really cool. That was by far the most adaptable and like I was not expecting her to be able to do to mimic all of the different powers. No, I was shocked. I do ship her and Diego though. This isn't shipwrecked, but I fuck it. Oh, for sure. Ship them. Um although I do really <laughs> I really miss those scenes of like five who is like, you know, a a sixty five year old man or whatever in a thirteen year old body, like carrying around Dolores and like drinking and being drunk all the time from season one. Like that. <laughs> those were really good. That that was like five at his best. <laughs> five at his best, but also like the stuff with Dolores is just like, wait, what's going on here? Like was Dolores a real person? You know, like mm-hmm. all that stuff was like really interesting to me. Luther is strong. Whatever. I don't really what was what was his deal before he turned into a werewolf? Um, it's a monkey, but okay. I, <laughs> um, I think we actually see in this season that uh, the serum that Luther was given by Reginald was like meant to heal Pogo from like the 60s when he came back from the um, space exploration, which right. I was like, that part was like heart wrenching to me. Like, oh, my God. The, pa- the Pogo scenes. Yeah. Like don't abuse animals. Also, that is true life. We did send animals up into space with no way to get them back. Which to is- die terrible mm-hmm. um but yeah i think he was still just like very strong but now he just has like his body is different now i see okay yeah yeah um who else ben has like this like tentacles that come out of his body that he can like move around now he's dead so <laughs> badass it's so weird in the comic book his name is the kraken that's awesome yeah um and that luther, is I think, legendary what is luther's name in the comic book i think is um like the boy or something really uh, i'll look it up <laughs> clickety click 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 yep you're about to hear some clicking um i like that you have some comic book knowledge and i have none i think it complements each other well <laughs> um Okay, let's see what all their names are from. Okay, so here's all, oh, Luther is Space Boy. So that makes sense. Very, very strong. Oh, and I guess because like he was in space. Um, Diego, oh, sorry, I was wrong. Diego is the Kraken. And I think he has the power to like, he can throw things and like manipulate them. I know in the mm-hmm. show we mostly see him with knives, but I think in the comic book he can do like other stuff. That's cool. I hope that we see more going forward. 
we saw like a tiny i feel like the smallest amount because we kind of see him as like this he's like batman but he's like very bad at it yeah he's like (laughs) kind of (laughs) a loser yeah and i actually feel really bad for him because we also see him like like he has like this trauma induced stutter that yeah um like Diego like portrays himself as like trying to be like the most strong of characters but he also seems like just like the most vulnerable and I just like want to hug him and like protect him for some oh my reason gosh. <laughs> couldn't agree more yeah and then Allison's the rumor um Klaus is the seance because he can like communicate with the dead yes oh my gosh and I guess the dead can inhabit his body we see that like really funny scene where <laughs> with him and Ben and Ben yeah. is like trying to stay in in Klaus's body I loved that scene especially because like he was being in the dirt Ben yeah. in the dirt and was like oh my gosh I get to feel things again I thought that was really well acted yeah and then five is the boy because obviously he is like an old man in a boy's body <laughs> <laughs> um Ben is the horror I guess because he can he has that like monster that comes out of him that's awesome I think Ben's power is was I was not expecting that. Yeah. And then Vanya is the white violin, but like she has some cool powers obviously now, but she's like the least interesting to me. I'm like Mm. always annoyed with her for some reason. Maybe I just don't like, um, no, I really like Ellen Page and other stuff. I don't know. Her character is like annoying to me. (laughs) I thought that I, I, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Like I inferred the first season she wasn't very likable mm-hmm. you know just because she's a loner and you know i thought like ellen page played that character very well and oh, then sure. like it was really it made a lot of you know sense in the in the story why you know all those repressed emotions would result in what vanya did yeah for sure um i like vanya because they I was like, stop trying to make her straight. She like, oh my God, in the first season, I was like, oh my God, barf. And then <laughs> I'm so glad they turned her into a gay farmhand. I mean, I think Child it's a peak Ellen Page. Yeah. Totally. With her like skater boy look. Oh, I love it. Mm. Love yeah. Ellen Page. Into it. All right. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I like Ellen Page. I don't really like Vanya, I guess. Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah. But it's, but maybe I'll like her more now that she's like more connected to the family. Um, I thought the process of repair that they showed was really sweet. Mm-hmm. And how she was like really vulnerable and was like, hi, are you my family? It reminded me of that, like that board book of like, are you my mother? Are you my oh, mother? Yeah. <laughs> she was like so innocent and sweet in the second season i was like oh my gosh poor baby i guess i feel kind of about her the way you feel about diego yeah probably (laughs) we just want to protect different people and that's fine it's okay it's okay i really like that moment with her and ben where she's like down in her like oh my god i wept goes into like save her of course you did (laughs) uh um yeah and how he just wanted to be held oh i'm gonna cry again Oh, my God. (laughs) I wouldn't for you. You're allowed to cry. I just, it's not my thing, you know? (laughs) All right. Well, that's magic. We talk about bad guys now, right? Yeah, villains. I mean, I guess the commission, the commissioner. Is that her name? 
her name i know she has a name um i i really like that actress because she was in gray's anatomy and um private practice the weird spinoff of gray's anatomy i've been a gray's watcher forever so oh the handler the handler yes yes i thought that she did a excellent job playing a villain of the she was so maniacal and manipulative and just selfish but also not very good at it like she wants power but like doesn't like do the things she needs to do to like maintain it you know Mm -hmm. like why would you even keep that fish guy alive like why didn't you kill him in the first place like duh (laughs) you know yeah um i don't know i think i just want her to be like a little more villainous than she was like Uh, take those next steps you know and like but like the stuff with lila like having like had five kill lila's family and then like coming to take her like oof that was some messed up stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it makes me i mean i guess we don't see the handler having done that to other people we saw her trying to do that to what's the what was the the person Harlan. Harlan, the sissy's sissy's son, Harlan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so she's obviously, like, it does make me wonder if she's done this with other people and, like, kind of. um, I'm wondering partly if that's something she wanted to do with Five, but, like, Five is such a little piece of shit. Like, he's, like, the worst. (laughs) He's such a shit. In real life, I would not, like like him like he's like the most annoying child you know yeah um but i do wonder if she had tried to do that to five in the past and like five is just like so stubborn that he was like "Uh, no (laughs) probably most likely that sounds like him yeah it does i guess the other villain is their dad yeah using people as a means to an end not ends in themselves but also like why did he take those kids like what was his plan like i'm wondering what he is trying to achieve you know Mm -hmm. yeah and how he like made a stepford wife out of a real life person that was the twist i did not see that coming i i know her name is grace but i keep thinking of her as mom because that's what diego calls her and right yeah the fact that she was like a real person who i'm guessing left reginald and then he like Mm -hmm. missed her so he made a robot version of her i was just like there's such a long history of that type of myth like the pygmalion myth you know Mm -hmm. where the person makes their i don't know it's it's just a long archetype especially in science fiction of dudes who want to play god and they make their perfect always feminine female afap whatever partner who and then they like make them all submissive and get to like basically design their perfect submissive whatever person who gets to do all their bidding yeah because we also find out that like grace was like a scientist and we don't get any of that in season one when she's like mom you know yeah that's a really good point so yeah reginald's kind of terrible i kind of hate him Mm-hmm. but we would have no umbrella academy without him so <laughs> <laughs> it's called a dialectic <laughs> I think those are the only villains. I guess, you know, also within the, like, thinking about Allison in particular, we also see, like, white supremacy. Definitely. Um, shit ton of racist 
probably don't want to live in Texas in the 1960s or like anywhere as a black person. <clears throat> I know we like to pretend like the North was better, but just like white people pretending to be nice, but really just also being racist. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or also not pretending to be nice. Yeah. It goes both ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shall we walk into Mordor? Let's. Are we ready? I think we should. We should simply walk into Mordor. Simply walk into Mordor. Yeah. Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> we do have like a very eclectic group of people going on in the story. Multiracial cast. Different yeah. gender cast. Different sexualities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they grew up super rich, but I don't actually know that they really benefited from that because Reginald was like terrible. I think we, yeah, we see once again this repeated pattern of like the trauma yeah, like maybe a little extra dose because of like how manipulative the rich dad is and everything. Yeah, I do appreciate it that they like really focused on Allison's story and showed kind of like what it'd be like for her in a different time. Because I do think season one kind of like glosses over maybe what like the racial difficulties might have been for her in that story. And also we see like for probably Diego as well. Um, cause at one point they're like looking for, <laughs> they're looking for someone on the news, like all of them. And for Diego, they say like a, like Mexican man or something. And like, that's all the description they give of him, even though right. they have like better descriptions of like Luther and five or whatever. Yep. Um, so I appreciated that they like kind of brought that up in season two. Yeah. That was not discussed at all in season one. You're totally right. And I do think that they in general kind of glossed over Allison's character and made it her power is like rather feminized, you know, Mm -hmm. especially because of like how she decided to use it when she was like not using it, quote unquote, the right way, you know, for like building a fake life or or whatever and getting fame and fortune. And I I don't know. I just didn't really. I think that it's important to note that that's a very. Um, misogynistic framing, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I have to say yeah. about that. Yeah, I think it's easy. Like, I think that the storytellers feel like maybe going back into the '60s, it's easier to show those disparities. But it it does make it seem like when they were in 2019, as if like um, we're in a post-racial era. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Diego and Allison wouldn't have any of these issues if it were a different time which i don't think is the case no definitely not they just have different issues Mm -hmm. um and i'm interested to also see how like the world has changed um when they go go back to 2019 um yeah i wonder if they'll have thought about if the creators or writers or whatever will have thought through yeah maybe a different dynamic i guess between races or if it'll be an alternate timeline but with the same oppressions you know i guess that's kind of more what i'm expecting but yeah i don't know what'll happen i also don't know like so i guess it it, i don't think that it has been officially um renewed for a season three so fingers crossed we hope so I know, but uh, Netflix has, like, recently canceled, like, a lot of shows, one of them being Altered Carbon, which I was kind of disappointed about. Ah, um, bummer. I know. Yeah. So, um, I don't know why, but Umbrella Academy is really popular, so I I don't foresee them canceling it, but I also am like, 
wouldn't be surprised, but I hope they don't. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. I think there's a lot to talk about with ableism. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Harlan in season two. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not really sure where to start, I guess. I mean, I guess kind of a good place to start is talking about like how we progress medically into like addressing medical issues um, because in the 1960s, and I don't know if this is the case in particular, but um, Vanya makes a point like that in 2019, like there's a name for what Harlan has. Yeah. And like in the 1960s, they don't really like understand. And the dad's kind of like, we'll just send him away. Like yeah. we should basically like institutionalize him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is just another Im- way of imprisoning people. And mm-hmm. you should mention that like, I guess psychiatry and those sorts of like institutions also are included in like an abolitionist platform. Like those have, we can't like not include those in our analysis, you know? Um, Diego also being institutionalized and Lila. Yeah. Him and Lila. Yeah. Um, yeah. I already mentioned my pet peeve about fives insults all being yeah that way. Um, he's basically a boomer in a child's body. Oh my God. So he makes totally sense. is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, when you put it in that context and he's like a <laughs> white guy too. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe I should lower my expectations. <laughs> well, not only that, I guess he's also like spent so much time alone. Like maybe he doesn't even have the capacity for like those social cues, <laughs> you know, because like he literally spent like 50 years in like an apocalypse wasteland dating a, a mannequin. Um, a mannequin yeah a mannequin torso yeah yeah so he's seen like no people <laughs> that's true his socialization has not been you know he hasn't had a lot of practice no i would say not at all <laughs> um okay now we can sail set sail jesse shipwrecked shipwrecked yeah so many things allison and luther i do not ship them no, it seems like a weird codependent attachment thing just because of like convenience, you know? Also, I really hate that scene in season one where they're like doing that dancing or whatever. I like absolutely loathe that scene and wish it was not in the show. Mm. It's like too corny, like too cheesy. And I'm like, it doesn't even it doesn't even fit the like tone of the show. Like, why yeah. are we doing this? Seems forced. Yeah. 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 Um, I can see that for sure. Yeah. Diego and Lila love them. I think they're so cute. They're both so like have so much baggage, but I think I ship them. I hope that they get together in the next season. If there is a next season. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, Vanya and Sissy. Um, I'm glad that they found each other and also happy that they were like, we can't be together. Yeah. So I thought that that was, you know, Although it appears that reasonable. Harlan has powers, so I'm kind of interested to see like where that if we'll see anything with that in season three, um, because I don't know how that will change like the future. I thought Vanya took his powers away. Did I miss something? Yeah, at the very end, like she did take his powers, but at the very end, he has that little toy, which is actually a bird, and people have talked about it with like in, in relation to the Sparrow Academy. But he's like levitating it, and it's like spinning around, so he still has some sort of power. And I don't know if he had like a power before, and like Vanya oh, kind of unlocked that in him or something. I do think I remember in that like last scene of someone like something was something floating, 
Yeah, and that was his little toy. No, 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 like, no, no, no. But I mean, in where you see the like the Sparrow Academy, mm-hmm. like, and everyone's in the shadows behind them. Like, there was a floating thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, that has to do with uh, a character from the comic books. I see. Okay, so it's not Harlan. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, it could be. It's hard when you're like talking about comic book stuff because things can change from the comic book to the and they like, can on screen adaptation. And they literally retcon anything they want too. That's the like, that just seems to be part of the medium of comics. Yeah. Well, and it's usually kind of hard because there's like different universes. That's not the case with this comic book in particular. But like when you're talking about like, um, like marvel for example there's so many different iterations of like who captain america is like there's a captain america like where i think he's like a nazi so like <laughs> like y- that you can those are different like universes like different right so yeah so we'll see how that goes we will we will <laughs> um who else klaus i'm like i just like love klaus he can he's not shipped with anyone no he's shipped with me but <laughs> I really love his relationship with Ben and I'm like interested. I, I really like that part at the end where they're talking about like, um, like Klaus is concerned that Ben didn't like cross over to the afterlife because of, or sorry, Klaus, yeah, Klaus is concerned that Ben didn't cross over to the afterlife because Klaus asked him to stay. Yeah. He has um, a lot of guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like very interesting to me. I I thought that their relationship was my favorite relationship in the whole series. Agreed. Although I do like seeing five like boss everyone around. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, I think that's all for like ship ships for the ships. Also, like as far as more ships, parental children relationships are complicated, and I think mm-hmm. this show is like provides a really good jumping off point for like talking about that, you know, like the distant father figure and all of these things about what we do to try and impress authority figures in our lives and how that's like not fulfilling ultimately. And I don't know. I think there's just a lot that happened in a lot of different in the characters lives, different ways, you know, when I see the, I think we see that, especially with like Luther and Diego, who I think are one and two, like those are their numbers. Um, Like both of them are like, Diego's trying to prove that he should be number one and Luther is like trying to um like stay within the framework of him being the best so he's like the both of them are like just trying to please their father like so badly and I'm just like you guys just don't like who cares just kill that guy (laughs) (laughs) Jesse's answer kill him always always (laughs) (laughs) um let's talk about some form and stuff I have nothing. It's a perfect show. I just hate that one scene. (laughs) (laughs) I guess form, it's kind of fun to talk about it in a visual medium because it's like we can talk about costumes. We can talk about how they changed from different scenes. You can talk about the soundtrack. You can talk about the casting. You can talk about um, so many different aspects of it which is kind of fun when I'm only used to talking about books with you. So this is cool. (laughs) Yeah. I would say the special effects are so, so good. Mm -hmm. I've been very like impressed with that because that can get like a little iffy for TV shows. Um, Or if they lean too heavily on it, you know, yeah, like it has to be well integrated or else Mm -hmm. like your entire show is CGI and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. The show is also pretty like kind of gory. That scene where like (laughs) it's five goes and kills all the board members 
And he's oh, like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm fine with gore. So like, I know some people aren't or whatever, but like that scene is like a perfect scene. And I love like that they, they juxtapose it with like happy music. I love that kind of thing. Like that to me is just like chef's kiss. It's beautiful. <laughs> like, Oh, I love a movie that juxtaposes like something super violent with a very happy song. <laughs> Um, there's an episode of the originals actually. And like that there's a character, the main character's name is Klaus and Klaus is like killing a bunch of people. Like he's in this like war scene, but like, um, like a Christmas song is playing in the background, like silent night or something. And I'm just like, Oh, this is so perfect. Like, I love it. The when cognitive dissonance between what's happening on screen and the type of mm-hmm. music. Very, mm-hmm. it's a very effective. Yeah. Technique. It really captivates your attention, you know, because you're like trying to reconcile what's going on. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Love it. What else? I thought the script, the banter between the people was pretty fun. I thought that the script mm-hmm. writing was, um, you know, on the whole pretty good. Yeah. And I feel like with the, such a big cast of characters, it can come sometimes be hard. And we see that like we're reading like multiple POV stories. Right. But like, I feel like we could probably take any of these characters and give them their own show. And it would be like very interesting still because like they're all like very separate characters and people with like their own voices and the own like their own way that they talk about things and I really enjoy that and their own desires right so mm-hmm. we, you know you can just imagine them like going on an adventure or a story like with that character mm-hmm. because it would be you know you know you they'd be motivated by things or I actually think that the Gerard Way is doing a comic book run of like Klaus's time as the cult leader and how he became that um I probably won't read it because honestly like graphic novels are not my favorite like form of medium but I would love to see that as a tv show because I think it would be just like so cool and plus I love Klaus and Ben together and like I just love Klaus um Mm -hmm. he's a fun character very fun oh -hmm. we didn't talk about Klaus and Dave oh yeah Klaus and Dave I forgot that That was was really sad huge moment for Klaus as far as like character development and Mm -hmm. oh my gosh and then then when he confronts Dave in the diner and it's just, uh, yeah. And also interesting because like it doesn't stop Dave from signing up to like go to Vietnam and fight in a war, right. that, a pointless war. It like motivates him even more almost like he's mm-hmm. like trying to prove something to that uncle. So it's also interesting to see how like maybe telling people, you know, about the future doesn't exactly change the past either. Yeah. That's a good point. That's some wisdom right there. I just got to bask in it here for a second. (laughs) I do love to talk about shows, you know? I know. I loved it. I'm excited for more. Hopefully we get more. I hope so. Also, I guess I should say at the end, that scene, like it's, I think it's in the final episode, but that scene where Vanya's like, no, I'm going to go like take care of this stuff with Harlan. Like I have to like go help them. And then the whole family like gets in the car. And then Luther gets in the car and the car like sinks down and it's like dragging on the ground. (laughs) So many warm fuzzies from that scene. Like I was expecting Mm -hmm. it to happen. And when it did happen, it was just so satisfyingly done. I would also like to point out that five is like one of the first couple of people to get in the car. Like I think it's Klaus and then like five. And I like really appreciated that. Like you think he's like a heartless, like terrible person, but like he loves his family and it's like real sweet. So sweet. I guess our real talk can, I just think the the topic of chosen family is so important or like non-biological family, I guess you could put mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Cause they're not exactly a chosen family. No, they are not. 
Well, I mean, I think that they do decide to be together. Yeah. Like we see that happening in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, and not so much in season one, which makes sense, right? We're just getting introduced for everyone. Um, but they have to like go through some shit and talk about hard things and get in fights and stuff. And then we see them all coming back together. And it was just, ah, oh, chef's kiss, yeah. as you said. <laughs> I stole that from Cynthia. Cynthia is always doing a chef's kiss, like in real life, on the internet. <laughs> she's real funny. Um, yeah, she, she has perfected the form. <laughs> <laughs> shout out um, to Cynthia. Shout out to Cynthia. Um, <laughs> yeah, the show is just really great and I really love it. And I mean, I watched it over the course of like maybe three days, maybe four. Um, I love to binge watch a thing. That is your that is your mo. That's for sure. It is. I know. I'm watching the boys now. Another comic book show. Very irreverent. Um, not what you think of when you think of comic book movie or shows or movies or whatever. So it's been super fun. We did it. That was this was a bonus episode for y'all. It will be very lightly edited. <laughs> <laughs> just just like sprinkled with some editing sprinkled with some editing and put up on the Patreon for your listening pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll uh, do some more of these. Let us know what you'd like to, you know, what you're interested in. Like I, there's yeah. no reason this has to be like one-sided. Yeah. We can force Kelly into watching more TV shows in their entirety. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe we'll get that to happen. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, she's unpredictable. She, she shaved is. her head. So Oh my gosh, she did, yeah, warned me before turning on video, which was so funny. <laughs> well, like, um, I, for some context, I can't go get a haircut, so. Yeah. It's not like either of us are leaving our houses. No, I'm just letting my hair grow out and see how how it goes. Possible vaccine soon. What? What's that all about? Yeah, they think by the end of the year, like. For real? This is the first yes. time hearing of that. Wow. I'll send you the article. There's a New York Times article. I think there's also an NPR article, but my sister-in-law sent me a New York Times article because they think like some states might have vaccines by November. Wow. I know. That's good news. Let's hope. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to wait and make sure like the zombie apocalypse doesn't happen as soon as everyone starts yeah. getting the vaccine. <laughs> or after the election, let's be honest. Well, yeah. Yeah, on that note, please register to vote if you haven't already. I just changed my voter registration, updated my address yesterday. So please remember to do that, everyone. Yeah. Request your mail-in ballots if you can. Um, and if not, you know, suit up, put on your PPE and do what you got to do. Stay safe out there. Yeah, yeah. Vote wisely. <laughs> and, wa and wear a mask. Yeah, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. It's collective care for all of us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So good reminders for everyone. Um, we'll be back whenever we're back with episodes about book things and maybe non-book things. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all next time. Bye. Stay magical.